looked up and he was like scratching his nose and was like, how the hell did he pick that up? <laughs> well, you said earlier he pick up Luigi looking his own boss. Yeah, there was, there was Lack a... thereof. Yeah, there was a dog in him at one point. Wait, read that letter to Andre. All right, well, first of all, uh, <laughs> the other girl's voice you're hearing is named Nina. Oh, I'm Nina. Hi. Oh, I guess she doesn't want to hang out with us anymore. Hello. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little delay. And uh, the man working the knobs is Andre Kello. Hello. Hello. Hey. Uh, so I'm supposed to read a letter that I guess you'll just hear too. Uh, this is, oh. Okay, Nina, just you brought all your German stuff. <laughs> I did bring all my German stuff. Um. Is this going to be a German test? Yeah. Oh, this Great. is this is from Melania <laughs> Hoinick. Hoinick? It, no, it's H O I N I C. Oh. So I don't think she's probably not really German. <laughs> Faker. Um from Köln, Köln. Dear art experts. <laughs> 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 Send it uh, to well, the right place. Masters, <laughs> so yes, we could be called experts. Yes. <laughs> this is a copy of the first edition of the Poop Art Catalog. <laughs> it is a donation to the library or the archive of the cultural institution you're momentarily directing. <laughs> that you're momentarily what? Directing. directing. <laughs> ah, Okay. The the cultural institution you're momentarily directing. Yours. You can tell that she's in Germany by the way that you said, ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, yes, it seeps it seeps into our our language. Which which institution is this that you're momentarily directing? Uh, Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> uh oh yeah. Yes, but, I would. That's why I asked. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just the same painting of a woman with a Big ass and a skull head, <laughs> uh, and she's well, lifting. You better put that on Instagram because you know. Oh yeah! Oh, to, she's lifting one leg. This is more like peeing to me. It seems she's supposed to be pooping. Well, it's just a uh, okay. So imagine a are sofa. We <laughs> yes, we are rolling. <laughs> imagine a sofa. <laughs> And then there's a woman with a large ass uh, facing it. So that means her her back is to us. Uh, she's got high heels on. One is planted on the floor. The other is lifted up, possibly onto the back of the sofa. Uh, the painting sense of space is very compressed. Mm. Uh, and then there's stains on the couch. Probably from poop. Poop, but it looks more like pee to me. <laughs> uh, and then she's looking over but her shoulder. But art is really all about interpretation. Well, I'm interpreting it as pee. <laughs> but it's called poop art. Yes. And so, wait, who is this from and how did they get your address? <laughs> uh, I. It was sent unsolicited to the museum that I'm currently directing. Momentarily and, uh, directing. It, 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 the uh-oh. podcast also <laughs> operates a P.O. box in uh, Great Lake. So you can send your letters out to Great Lake. Do box one. That's not true. <laughs> Don't tell them that. Is that true? 
Do we have? We need a na- mailing address so people can send us swag. Yeah. Oh presents. God! Speaking of Instagram and swag, one of my coworkers today was sent organic high-end tampons. Ooh. In hopes nice. that she would Instagram them, which her like Instagram her putting them in. Yeah, I'm just like that's not a. <laughs> is that a product you want to? I don't know. Talk. I mean, if they were giving her money, that might be a different situation. But just one package of free tampons? No, three, three months of one size fit all, uh, fits all entirely. Fits all. <laughs> That's not how tampons work. <laughs> um, <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> I think that was, I don't know if they were serious when they said that or they were joking. But um, it does come in a very nice case that's made out of cork. Ooh, cork. So now I'm virally marketing for Unnamed Joe's tampons. Joe's organic <laughs> tra- tampons. Um, or maybe it's uh, it's well, up class, so maybe it's put a cork in it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yep. Um. So wait. Uh, we introduced ourselves to you, but you Who should you? introduce yourself to us. Hi, I'm Martin Moore. Um, a friend of Eric's. That's uh, studying um, on the Day A Day Fellowship in Berlin, Germany. And you're coming to us live via Skype and the global resources of the Callow Media Empire. Can we get a clean drop of that name? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. We kind of got to. All right. From the top. Do that intro from the top. All right. I'm. uh, Oh, oh, wait. Should we do the whole intro? (laughs) No. Yes. Yes. I I, I just need the name. Oh, okay. From the Callow Media Empire. No. Wait, no. It's, it, it, I think your name isn't compatible with the microphone. Me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Moore. Oh God. No, it keeps it keeps glitching. The thing is that every time somebody on our side is talking, okay, they don't. The Skype cuts out her mic. Okay. Okay. So, so everybody, every, don't say quiet. anything, and then Olivia, you speak. Olivia Martin Moore. Yes, got Excellent. it. That, was yeah. that helpful? Nailed yes. it. <laughs> Great. So now, can you tell us a little bit about the situation there on the ground? <laughs> we can't hear you. Is that helicopter yeah. noises? Yeah. Um, ah. Yeah. I think you mean ah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I just thought it would be cool to have a conversation with you publicly, check in, see how you're doing. Um, you, you know, talk about whatever you want, but the D A A D day, ah, day, uh, that's cool. The dad, dad, or as they call it in German, Fati. Oh yeah. Uh, Nina knows a lot about German words and uh-huh. how, and Wait, I'm better. I've, at sp- I've gathered that from listening to the podcast. Oh, oh, hey, a listener. At least we have one <laughs> a listener. So if we There's want, been many times that I've wanted to interject into the conversation and not been able to. Oh, today is your day. Yeah. Um, Joe is list of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, you were on the podcast before because right. we talked about your work. Yeah, in one the, uh, time. In the show. That's right. Oh, that too. But I forgot those at my studio as well. Right. <laughs> as part of Eric's exhibition documenta. Yeah. What was the name yeah, of that Yeah, because work? I can't remember. There was some 
some things said about the way that it was made that were incorrect, oh. but I left my notes at home. So anyway, you doesn't matter. fool, I assume <laughs> it was Eric's fault. How dare you? Uh, it's Ro- Rosenthaler Plots Recorded is the title, right? Yeah, of the piece. No, but it was like right. the um, something in how you described that it was oh, okay. made wasn't correct, but it's not important. Oh, okay. Because if you want to talk about that, that's cool. I mean, how you made him. I mean, I certainly can talk about that piece um, if you like. But sure, start there maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so after um, I finished my master's at the University of Texas at Austin, <laughs> I moved to Berlin for a year, and that's actually how I met Eric. And uh, I was uh, through Eric actually very fortunate to get a studio at Rosenthalerplatz, which is in the center of the city in Mitte, which is pretty, you know, pricey now. But through mm-hmm. a fr- friend of his, I was illegally subletting this <laughs> studio space for like 200 euro that I split with somebody else. And I started making work all about that space at Rosenthaler. Um, and one of the things, you know, of, of course, most um, tourists and, and people when they come to visit the city that they notice about Berlin is that there's just these like posters that are, covering all of the surfaces of the street, all of the walls, all of the light posts. And I was really obsessed with these forms because they were like an unintentional collaboration between so many different people. Mm. And they Mm. were, you know, forming these, these undulating sculptures on, on themselves. And so I was like, I want to make my own sculpture out of these things. And instinctively I started taking them down from the street and rolling them into a cylinder. Um, and I did that over the course of three months every day. And I could kind of, uh, since Rosenthaler Platz is one of the most busy intersections in the city, that's where a, a vast majority of these posters are posted every day. And to the point where like the guys on the street that are pasting them have to take a photograph of them to prove to their boss that they put them there because they'll be covered up sometimes in 15 minutes by somebody else's poster. Oh my God. And what um, are they for? so I could kind of like from my bird's eye view of my studio, um, stalk these wheat paste guys <laughs> and go down and pull them off as when they were like still wet. And then I was like rolling them into the cylinder for every day for three months until one poster touched end to end. And then I did cross sections of them and embedded them in resin uh, so that all of the individual lines of color from the posters were visible, sort of referring back not only to the role of um, paper that they were printed from, but then the rings of the tree that that paper was made from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're like well, concert yeah, so, posters, movie yeah, posters. Yeah, well, because when you said like they were a collaboration, it made me think like, are they artists who are putting these up, or are they more advertising? You know, is this? Like- uh, so they're advertising. Yeah, they're advertising, but they're um, most of them were music related. So you have like the the artists that are either announcing an album release or a concert or a DJ set, and then you have the graphic designer that's then hmm. hired to design that poster. And then you have the the guys on the street that are hired to paste them up hmm. for the advertising company. And then So the fa- it's a collaboration between so many different fac- factions. Right. Well, and the, the, the finished product, like you said, does look like a tree stump, but it also kind of looks like a record. So if they're a music poster, that's yeah. pretty interesting. 
Well, so, you know, like after I was collecting them for a certain amount of time, it was like evident that the vast majority, especially at that intersection, were related to music. And since I was, well, part of my practice is um, often the removal of, of text and visual language from mm. signs. And um, since I was like, you know, obscuring this text, I wanted to eventually bring sound back into it. And I... After, you know, being back in the U.S., I was finally able to, to make a solo exhibition of all of the work that I started in Berlin. And I worked with a sound artist in Austin, um, Zach Traeger, who went to the Berkeley School of Music. And he made an 80-minute long um, fixed composition by using a Max MSP program and assigning sound to the individual lines of color within the piece. Oh, wow. Hmm. And actually, I should, I should send you guys some samples of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be the intro music. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because I was um, really interested in, you know, I was thinking a lot about um, assigning sound to these lines and thinking about the color wheel spectrum and mm. sort of tint tone and shades somehow relating to timber tone and pitch. And so that's where we sort of started out. But of course, I know, I don't really know anything about making music. And so it, it was kind of this collaboration where he asked me what I wanted this, the sound piece to feel like, not so much my um, input on the actual process of making the thing. And, you know, I thought of it in this way where I was using other people's work and I often am through other people's decisions for color and things like that. 
and using that as free reign to make my own work and then giving it to him to have free reign over his own work as well. And uh, he, you know, really made this, this piece that had a range of emotion from melancholy to and sometimes meditative and sometimes really anxiety ridden. Mm. It was it, and really interesting mm. to to be able to listen to it, you know, for an, yeah. an extended period of time. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. we've kind of talked about this before, like naivete in art and whether or not it's sort of like like you said you don't know anything about making music but you're like I want to make this sound piece mm. and how that can be both a hindrance you know because you're like you rely on him to help you make it but also mm. possibly um, that could bring ingenuity or bring some kind of like creativity that you could bring because you don't know the correct way quote unquote to do something <laughs> so do you I mean what what made you want to do sound if you had I mean had you done sound pieces before was that some was it sort of just conceptually no, important I, or was it, it yeah it was just the conceptual idea that I wanted to bring sound back to this piece and knowing that this thing sort of referenced the aesthetic of a record um and really being able to sort of bring another element into my work since a lot of my work is very um what's it's a sort of cerebral and in a, some ways cool so just to be able to bring another element into it that would give it another dimension you mean cool like something detached, I was, right yeah detached yeah. but it also looks kind of cool like <laughs> like let's be real it's kind of cool looking <laughs> Well, I mean, I get sometimes, yeah, there's not a lot of warmth always in in the work. But I think that that comes from making like these discrete objects. Mm -hmm. um, and that's sort of something that I'm always fighting. It's also a little bit, you know, like heady, my work. And it, it mm -hmm. kind of needs a little bit of time. Yeah, you know, it's not just this immediate thing where it's, you know. Well, that's, I mean, that's the okay, yeah, it's the perfect way to describe it because Eric's like, oh, okay, Nina, we're going to have Olivia on the show. You got to look her up, go on her yeah, website, look at her art we, we before start. we talk to her. And I did. I did. I yeah, did good job. But I was like, but it's this is the kind of art that you can't understand what it is like by yeah. just looking at yeah. it. <laughs> that was the way he described it. So I was like, I don't know if that helped me at all for this <laughs> For this interview, to have like I'm, a I'm conversation glad you or some work mm -hmm. on me because my website's been under construction. I'm totally revamping it, and I wasn't sure if there was a um, something other than my working website up. Did you? But it's going to be images? be up very yeah. very soon. Okay, cool. We will have that yeah. URL at the. Yeah, maybe I can ask the um, person that's working on it if she can get something just that's available even though it's not completely set because mm. it's really super close and I'd mm. like to be able to have that, that up so that people can see. Yeah. Beta version. Um, yeah. Oh. <laughs> beta version. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beta. <laughs> um. uh, yeah. So I, so I finally made that the show of the work at Rosenthaler in um, May. And May of what year? So I had I had applied for the day a day to go back and they had I, I was supposed to find out at the end of 
February, beginning of March. And I had never heard from them. Like last so year? So I sort of or... kept applying. Last... Yeah, just last year. Yeah, okay. one year ago. Okay. So I sort of, you know, I had this solo show coming up and I was extremely busy. And I kept applying for other things as well. And right... Um, after the show went up, I decided that I was going to contact the DAD and find out what was going on. And uh, they had a new online application system. And basically, I guess it had sent all of these PDFs at the same time. Because when I contacted them, they said, oh, you know, you have to go into the portal and go under three separate tabs basically and then there was all of these attachments that I had to open up to find out that I had gotten this thing so <laughs> oh, then God. I had my first <laughs> my first uh, public uh, my first public project for the city of Austin and all at the same time like oh, within cool. a week, week's time period I was like had this solo show and found out I got the DAD and was like working on, on this public work See, so cool. it was really kind of <laughs> insane so- when it rains, it pours. Yeah. That's what cool. was yeah. the public work? But it's, um, it's actually, so um, I did, a so the solo show, there was um, a piece in the solo show that was uh, a sort of a skeletal outline of the kiosks in the Ubon station. So Rosenthaler Platz was, is in Mitten. It's in the former East. And, mm-hmm that station was closed down during the Cold War years. It's actually the second station to reopen after the wall came down. And um, those stations were off limits, So, but the rails were still being used by the West, mm-hmm. and the trains would pass through them. They would slow down, but they weren't, wouldn't stop, and they would call them ghost stations. Yeah. So I, they have these kiosk structures that I think used to be ticket booths, but a lot of them have been turned into newspaper stands um oh yeah I, I and, went in but, to one of those i think but the ones in rosenthaler are not so there, there's there's two of them and they're covered in the same tile that the uh, the rest of the station is and um they sort of because they're they're rectangular but the corners are chamfered so they're octagonal mm. and they almost sort of flip between this mausoleum shape and I made a skeletal outline of those dimensions of, in this giant, in this steel structure. And it, it almost like looks like a cage. And I didn't know what I was going to do with this thing once, um, once I came, the exhibition came down. It's the largest piece I've ever made. It's, a, it's approximately, I think, four and a half or five feet across by eight feet by eight feet. And, you know, storage in Austin is pretty limited because very expensive now and uh i just you know i I had i knew a couple people on the panel for art in public places and they were encouraging me to apply for this and it's this great program where they give um artists uh ten thousand dollars up to ten thousand dollars to do a temporary project six months to walk them through the steps of applying for larger um public grants for the city of austin and they recommend certain sites. I think you can basically apply for any site that is public property in Austin that's owned by the government. But they they give you a list. And 
I came across on the list this site that I wasn't familiar with called Convict Hill, and it's a um, recent, uh, recently added park that was a grassroots effort by the neighborhood. And it's, it's the original name. site for <laughs> the quarry. What's that? It's such an ominous name for well, park. So it, it's the original quarry site for the limestone that was used for the Capitol building in Austin. And originally they were going to build the entire building out of this limestone. But once they, you know, started building, they realized that the, the, the structure would never hold the weight of this building with limestone. So they brought in the Texas paint granite. But the entire inside of this building is aligned with the limestone from Convict Hill. Well, they set up a, a secondary railroad line directly from Convict Hill to the Capitol to get the stones to the site. And most of the um, labor was done by felons, wow. convicted felons. And eight of the convicts died during the excavation of this limestone. So they're building this, you know, they're they're doing pretty much forced labor yeah. to build the symbol of free of freedom and liberty in Austin and then lose their lives for it. So I made a memorial out of this this piece that I had for my solo show. I reconfigured it and prop it up on a limestone rock so it's this like sort of little jail-like structure that then has this relationship to berlin's cold mm -hmm. war yeah railroad line and oh, austin because cool. so yeah. the show because you know i made this show in austin and both of them have this kind of like net current um history of music tourism and there's a lot of similarities although they're different in a lot of other ways as well so so yeah, and it, it yeah, it, it turned out to be a sort of serendipitous to be able to make this piece. It sounds very um like thoughtful and emotional and meaningful, <laughs> but like can I tell you what I thought of when I saw it for the first time? The image? Yeah. Certainly. Um did, did you <laughs> did you watch Arrested Development? Yes. Okay. But well, it's been a while. Yeah. I don't remember the context of this episode at all, but there's this one where like Lindsay like drives out to the desert for some reason and then gets put in a cage and then people start spraying her with hoses and then she starts like cage dancing in this cage. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. <laughs> I have to find out why. I can't remember why she did that. It was like, you know, I, I'm going to look it up. True to form, like, yeah. you know, like a. A series of unrelated events led yeah. to this all happening at the same time, and it probably had a pun around it. I don't know, but that was the one that I thought you photoshopped because, like, the lighting was just so perfect on the metal. <laughs> and I was like, "There's no way this could Are be the you... natural, <laughs> right?" That's that's really funny because some other friends friends of mine that are even photographers are like "Wait, how did you how did you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, there's something about the way the Point the metal is like is reflecting the light. Where I'm like, no, that was shot inside, and then you just pasted this on some yeah, from trees. Yeah, on some trees. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, my my photographer friends were like, oh, did you take um, you know, what, what are those like 
asking me if I was taking those things out there to get that kind of lighting on the piece. Oh, <laughs> oh they're like, you're, you took it out to the woods in the natural area to get the lighting and then you're just going to Photoshop it into a white cube or something? <laughs> are people... No, no, no. Yeah, well, you no, could do you that. Take those, like, um, what, is, what are those? Well, they're like like those so, um, discs what are those that things reflect called? those reflectors. reflectors. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, that reflect the it's light. It's like a they big silver disc there, and like... like they're made of reflective mylar. It's used. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh! It looks in like photography. a frisbee. It's yes. used in hydroponics. Yes. Okay. I thought you meant like like something you get at the planetarium gift shop, like a metallic disc that reflects the rainbow. Yes. And like that essentially is what it is. But it's not a toy. It's the. But it it's could like be white. a toy if you used it as a frisbee, which someday I will. But I. But don't it's have like one a white. It's a white disc, and it folds up. It as a frisbee. It's like a white. Disc. Yeah, you know they're like oh, the things you put in your windshield. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. Right. So but you're I, telling me you didn't have one of those windshield things with you when you photographed this piece? There, yes, that's exactly what one. I thought. Yeah. It was. Can you open it up in front of the microphone? <laughs> oh man, the skill with which he twists that up. Ooh, yes. Unfurled. Um, so, wow. are people allowed to touch? That's it? how you know he's a professional. The way that he can not on. Yeah, it, but the way it collapses. A hell of a lot of insurance on that thing for the public. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do people yeah, like, like climb the on public it? Or? Could, yeah, right. What I'm saying is, if someone wanted to cage dance in it, like just like hypothetically, like could they? It's kind of wide. Um, yeah, there. Was, I had to get quite a, quite a lot of insurance for that piece. <laughs> wow, is it so it, so, so that in, people were climbing on it and somebody fell and injured themselves? So I had a lot of liability insurance on it. Oh man, is it still up or is the program over? A million dollars. No, it Whoa. literally just came down last week. Oh, yeah. Where am I going to cage dance now? <laughs> it's going to go down to Austin for that. Well, it's. Uh, I'm actually trying to um, do an extended indefinite loan mm. with a sculpture park outside of my hometown of Cincinnati. Mm. So it'll be even closer to you guys if if yes. they accept it. Well, that's another. Will. That's another town of abandoned subways. Isn't there, the, isn't there is. that, that whole subway system true. that that they never finished? Like it's all it's all all the tunnels and everything are there and the stations, but they never put the tracks in. Ooh. It's all been filled yeah. in with chili. Yeah, there's like chili. <laughs> what <laughs> is that a Cincinnati joke? Yes, Cincinnati's famous for its uh, chili, oh. Skyline Chili. Oh, oh um, somebody the other day. This podcast is brought to you by spi spi spine line Skyline Chili. <laughs> Spineless Spine Chili. It has spines in it. Um, I saw some articles and somebody was like, I visited Chicago for the first time and I saw the bean there. Shouldn't they have that in Boston instead? <laughs> <laughs> it was very strange. It's the flight of the navigator, I keep saying. I'm going to post that picture of... why why I don't get they it. say it should be in in boston because boston is famous for baked beans and they call it bean town just like how pennsylvania is famous for its pencils, oh. pencils. <laughs> <laughs> i you know guys when i was a kid i was for a little while legitimately scared that uh since pennsylvania is in america dracula could come up to minnesota <laughs> and come get me oh my god Oh my God! You read way too much *Panicula* as a yeah. child. But then Mom said, "This is the the 
Second time Anish Kapoor has been put up today, though, for me. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Not for conversation. Oh. Um, There was an enormous uh, Anish Kapoor in uh, my office when I was working for J.P. Morgan Chase. Cool. It was right right outside of my office. What What vegetable was that shaped like? It was a a collection of uh, blurry gray rectangles that didn't look like anything. Was it a photo or... They were sort of... Or a sculpture made with, like, really expensive pigment. It was as if he wanted to make something simply because he knew that someone would buy it. You mean art? Did it look sellable? <laughs> That's what I keep wondering. <laughs> this this is definitely... You can jump in anywhere you want, uh, Olivia, but... Uh, are you Because you're on the Instagram recently, I noticed. What what, uh, what am I supposed to jump at? No. Oh, well, what wait, I, you're on Instagram, <laughs> right? Yeah. Everyone's on Instagram. Don't be ridiculous. Follow us at I don't hate this. Um, well, there are two things. One that I thought never- was funny is the way people never, there's a lot of people that never Instagram in their own town and then they go on a trip and then Instagram. So I thought that was funny that you're like mm-hmm. in Berlin and then you didn't post anything and then you went to Warsaw and then you like your shit blew up. Is that true? <laughs> Um, I post some things from Berlin. What's your uh, handle? Get ready. Um, more M O O R E to follow. <laughs> she's got she's got a good <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's got a good marketing for her social media handles. Live more, oh more, <laughs> more to follow. Yes. Uh. I, but wait, yeah, there's I more. I like to spell things out phonetically. <laughs> what are uh, what? my yeah? Facebook name is Omore, but with not my last name. I'm just the regular. Yeah. And of course, my Skype is Livemore. Yes. There's a lot you can do with my name. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I was noticing like because on Instagram, everyone's in LA this week for the LA art fairs and the like startup hip art fairs at the Paramount Ranch. And the at- Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The yes, Grammys. those two. <laughs> uh, One can only assume. I don't know. But there is there is a thing where it's like, you know, like super successful, you know, imp- I'm imagine I'm making air quotes, but I'm not because we're on the radio, so I'm not bothering to. But in quotes, you know, like important galleries or contemporary galleries or whatever. And you're looking at it and you're just like, this shit looks unsellable, but you know, they're selling it because they're successful galleries that sell everything out and stuff. So then you're just like, what is someone doing with uh, a statue of a lamp lighting a statue of a plant? What? (laughs) That was like a poem. I'd pay money for that poem. Oh, okay. Well, I was, I'm like, should I, literally describe one of the things where I was just like, I don't know, sounding like a Midwest grandmother being like, who would buy that? But it is like, (laughs) it is like, this is something colossally stupid at a colossally commercially successful gallery. Who's like, and I know like, you know, collectors support it and stuff like that. So like, do they just box it up and then what the fuck? I don't know. Is it better than boat art? (laughs) You know, it's possible that, the problem, and stop me if you disagree here, but is that when 
smart, creative people like you attempt to come up with an idea of what would be a terrible work of art, what you inevitably end up coming up with is an idea for an amazing work of art. <laughs> right. Yeah, because we're awesome. Well, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, because you start talking about use value and stuff and you're you're like, this is meant to look cool, but I can't imagine someone, I mean, I guess in my mind they're like old and rich, but you know, 1% people. And I feel like 1% people don't have 1% of the wealth because they spend it on, on stupid shit. <laughs> they <have to> spend <laughs> it on some stupid. Shit. Right. So I'm just like, why, why is this? I don't know. But like the question is, is spending money on that stupid art stupid if that will make a lot more money? I don't know. Right. Then you're talking about market value and, you know, predicting whether or not the cost mm. of this artist is going to rise and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. But did you see that article that was like in the, in New York magazine or the New Yorker or something that was like, it was a picture of a dog and he was like, point, oh wait. No, <laughs> it was like, it was like, he's like this, uh, like the, should the Met buy Warhol oh, or something? Yeah. And I was like, yep, Warhol, it's so risky. Because you never know what's going to happen yeah. with that guy. Because, you know, modern oh, art his, isn't his, quite established yeah, enough he has, to it, invest in. People the, are going to figure out that, oh, no, he did make the art. Oh, oh yeah, and then it's going to be worthless. The jury's <laughs> still out on Warhol. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's also like imagining real art world. People listening to this podcast be like, this guy's such an idiot. But I don't think they'd listen to it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's like a really good point. I never thought about that because like we listen to other people and we're like, mm-hmm. what idiots? They don't know what they're mm-hmm. talking about about art. We're going to set them straight and we are the idiots. Well, it made me want to go scenario. find out like, you know, what in or what are the public records of that? And I'm guessing since the art market's completely unregulated in every other aspect, I don't think there's any reason that they would have to, have to and certainly choose to report sales of artworks. But you do wonder because it's a pretty fast turnaround and you know each are you typing <laughs> are you typing or is there a mouse running around in your apartment i think she's hacking Sorry, the gibson right. oh. um okay i'm listening <laughs> what are you googling art of uh, um, okay. will google it on my phone but yeah i was just wondering like what yeah, if you could get a report on that, like, do you guys sell out shows? You know, because a lot of the a lot of it is also fronting, because like these galleries might be, galleries often appear to be very successful because they're getting written about in art forum and their artists are getting a lot of attention stuff, and then they're like, oh, they closed because P.S. we were running a forty thousand dollar deficit every month, <laughs> and we were selling like crazy, but yeah. that was you know. So I but I do wonder about you know, more about the inner workings of those, those sales, which I don't. Okay. So, you know, you guys, did you guys read that article about, um, Anselm Rael having to close his studio down because after the, the last sort of like market bubble, his prices really dropped on the secondary market. Mm. And like, because of that, his, he's, his studio was costing, Somewhere between nine hundred thousand and a million dollars a month to run, Jeez. and he couldn't afford to keep the studio open anymore. And so at forty-two, he had to retire. <laughs> that 
Whoa. Blows my mind. So he's just not making it any more like art t- anymore. It was like, I'm going to look up this article. I think it was like in yeah. the, the, it was like in time. Was it in time magazine? I'll, I'll look it up. Um, I time but to do a lot of reporting about it's art. It's just like so <laughs> insane because what's that? I said, I doubt it because time doesn't do a lot um, of reporting about art. I, well, my joke was <laughs> time to retire. <laughs> That is amazing. So we, because we saw some of his pieces in the bunker, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I think like um, that doesn't need any. Christian Burroughs was you no know, not si- single handedly responsible like he was for for Toymans, but for Anselm, he was really influential for his prices going up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Wait, this, is Boros? Maybe it was an Artnet. Yeah, Artnet. Yeah, so like Boros the Time is, magazine. They, they. they They've rotated their collection now, and I have to say, it's it's nowhere near what the exhibition was before. It's it's good. There's the um, Alicia Quada, who is you know one of my favorite artists, but um, her work gets really swallowed in the Burroughs mm. collection. And um, Michael Sales Storfer. Um, Wait, Michael Sales what? Sales Storfer. Ah, okay. There was a little cutout, so I want to make uh, sure we. Oh, okay, so Michael Zilstorfer and um, still Wolfgang mm-hmm. Tillmans, and who else? There was a couple other people, but was the Santiago Sierra, you know, stuff still going through. No, the I didn't. I I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But it, it, you know, even the people that were giving the tour said, "Yeah, you know, we've had." A lot of people say that this exhibition isn't as good as the the first exhibition. I guess they're rotating it every four years now. Mm. So, yeah, every four years. Yeah, I think so. So, but, uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's okay. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I feel like we got the better deal. <laughs> I don't know. So the Boros collection is a giant bunker near Friedrichstrasse. Oh yeah, that's the one I couldn't find for the life of me, even though I looked for it for like two hours. Wow. Yeah, it's I right there. Lost. It's yeah, it's a <laughs> it's, it's like an, so I, easy to find. I got yeah. really lost. <laughs> it is It's the only bunker around. <laughs> yeah. I found the typology of terrors though. Yeah. <laughs> they're not near. Well, I mean, they're near-ish, but not really. But did you have a, an appointment to go see the Boris collection? No. You just wanted to look at the building? I didn't know what I was looking for. Eric gave me a list of like eight places I should go, and they were all over town. So I tried to map them out. And, uh. then, and then I went to the um, the Stadtlich Stadt Museum. I don't know which. And it was closed. <laughs> so I had gone all the way out there for nothing. Wait, which one? The modern, I don't know. Like oh, the, the museum sh- for Gegenkunstwerk. Nine. That's the yes, modern. Yes, yeah. I can't the one in the, Isn't the, the state like in Amsterdam? Yeah, there's all kinds. Well, it just means state museum. Yeah. No wonder she was lost. Yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, well, there's the uh, well, for, hamburger Banhof. For your viewers out there, for your yeah. listeners out there, you need a... Um, a reservation for yeah. a tour of the mm. Burroughs collection and you can't book it except for like two and a half months in advance. Right. So if you're planning to come to Berlin, even if the exhibition isn't quite as good as their first exhibition, it's really worth it to hear about the history of oh, the yeah. 
building and really cool to see. So yeah, it's probably one of the coolest anyway. things I saw there. Aside from the abandoned gasometer that was turned into a bunker into a homeless person's home, and then they had the uh, sort of guerrilla art exhibition Did in we it. See it? And uh, yeah, where we saw that eyeway with yeah, the eyeway was just like his like iPhone with like dandelions on it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was in an empty room with no light, and it was just an iPhone, and then it was a photo he took of like him with a dandelion or something. No, and that was also where we something sat. Something like that. Yeah, and then we sat in the dark and watched San Soleil until like we couldn't feel our feet because <laughs> it was so cold. <laughs> that I don't remember, but I do have terrible memory. I do miss you being my wingman, though. It was, it'd be, it's really nice when you have someone to go to exhibition. Yeah with you that is real that are really into it you know you meant art wingman not but I romance don't... wingman yeah bromance yeah art <laughs> wingman um yeah like but, you know i haven't it. so many good exhibitions here late as of late you have or have not have not oh Ooh. Well, that makes me feel better <laughs> that Wait, i'm not there the exhibitions have not been good or you've been going to fewer exhibitions a little of both, I think. But yeah, I'm like really surprised at the exhibitions that I've been seeing lately because they've just been really not even disappointing, just uninteresting. Mm. Like what? Strange. You want to talk about it? You don't have to. Um, Name names. Yes, you do have to. <laughs> Let's see. Well, I mean, okay, so the art, what is the, that, the art prize for Hamburger Bonhoeff? What is that thing called? Oh, like the Young Art that Prize? That thing was really, um, what's the name of this thing? Is it it was really what? It, it, it cut out. It was bleeped. By oh, <laughs> really, really strange and disappointing. And I mean, it's, I don't even know if it's worth even going into, but it would be. Is this where they pick like a few young promising artists and then they put them in the other side of the museum and then one of them gets a prize? Um, the winner of the, the, whatever this art prize is for, you know, from Hamburger Bonhoeff. Uh, maybe we can look it up now and see who this person was. I went to this opening and it is a performance and I guess they were doing multiple performances throughout the run of the exhibition and you go into this like really dimly lit space and there's like three troughs set up all made of concrete and there's each above each one is a hanging a punching bag like a you know one of those bigger punching bags um, suspended above these troughs that are Tapioca, tapioca, like the consistency of milk rice. And then there's like next to the columns that are assuming part of the architecture of the actual space are stacks of like Beck's beer and, and French cigarettes and Red Bull. And like then at the back end of the wall, there's like this almost like minimalist sculpture that's like these stainless steel plates that are curved coming out from the wall and below that like a yoga mat. And then there's all these people standing around in this room and sitting around in this room, you know, watching these performance. And it's just maybe a handful between eight and 12. 
active volunteers doing the performance and they're just doing weird shit like you know some of them are kneeling down and the other one will scoop up the tapioca substance and put it in their mouth and then spit it into the other person's mouth oh there's tissues around as well besides this these red bull and then at some point they bring out a box turtle I feel like I am in the you know like every movie, every television show that's ever mocked (laughs) performance art. This is exactly what it is, and that they we have to look this person up. And I asked other people that was all one person. Like had like oh yeah, it was interesting because of this, and I'm like. What the hell is happening? Honestly, I would have gone to that. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> that sounds pretty funny. So wait, the Red no, Bull. No, that's some like two girls, one cup shit. It's like gurgling tapioca back too. and forth. Huh? So was the Red Bull and Bex for everyone? Or is it just props? <laughs> I never figured it out except for when I went back with a, with um, just to see um the exhibitions outside of the opening there was a lot of that stuff was gone but it could have been mm. used during the performances or mm-hmm. i did be... see some people drinking the beers but yeah, i couldn't that would tell if it was like radler i never thought of that like what? red bull and beer what's that it would make like an amazing radler Nas- <laughs> beer okay national of... gallery prize for young art yeah i think is what it is um so you have to be under 40 I know that Check. that much. Um, box turtle. Yeah, that's oh all I know. And, and then <laughs> there was five, like the four, 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 four people, but one was a yeah. collective. Right. Um, what did they do to the turtle? Let me look this up. I wish I was. I think they just put him down, like, run around, and like I don't know. It can be okay if it was a turtle that was running around. Yeah. Maybe that was amazing. <laughs> Turtles aren't really generally known I, for their running around. He's attitude. scurried. I was afraid you're going to be like, I mean, he wasn't, like, shell he wasn't like he was running very fast. <laughs> but he was just scrambling, trying to get out of the performance. <laughs> he was yeah, like, I'm exactly. more of a spoken word. Like, turtle. <laughs> Surprised they didn't put him in the tapioca. Yeah, that's what I was afraid you're going to say. And they're like, then they, they put tapioca in his shell and drank it out of his shell. <laughs> oh, God. Um, then they gave him Red Bull and then yeah, made him race up. a hair and yeah. stuff. Then they smoked they smoked pot out of him. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe one of you guys can look this up because I'm not finding it on my phone. Because I feel like we should tell the listeners who the person was that won, and then they can look up videos of this. They. Wait, that turtle pudding one? Turtle pudding. Yes! What? Yes, this is... Yes. <laughs> yes, and it would be interesting to see videos of it. Oh, so when I went back, there was, like, in one of the back corners. So the tapioca wasn't there, like, when they weren't doing performances. And they had used one of the troughs to, like, set up, like, small screens that would had clips of video from the performance. So... Um, um, so and that was like, were, I can't remember. I think that was in one of the troughs. I did a search, and the only thing that came up is the uh, Wikipedia entry for Peruvian cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Okay, uh, here I we did, go. I did, I so maybe it was just an elaborate play. recipe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Eric hates that performances that are actually just <laughs> making them. food. He talks about how much he okay, hates that all the time. So- uh, um, okay, the people in the exhibition. Oh, really? Because I just went to an exhibition for this person over the weekend, and it was really, really, really questionable. Um, okay, so we have this guy's name that I can never pronounce. Christian Falsnays, Slavs and Tatars, Anne Eimholf, and Florian Hecker. Florian is like such One, two, an Austrian three. name. Did you really and say his name is False Nays? Yeah. Like False Nose? False Nays? Huh? Like False Nose? And I think that's the guy that won. And if that's the case, this uh, this makes this exhibition that I went to over the weekend even more insane. Because okay. I went to this thing and then somebody just told me today, oh, did you know that this was, I don't know. Wait, oh, okay, now you have to tell us about that was exhibition. just doing... What's that? You have to tell us about the weekend, the one you saw over the weekend. Wait, how Actually, is this, how is this spelled? He had just... Oh, his name is spelled Christian, F-A-L-S-N-A-E-S. But I think that maybe he was just curating this show. Mm-hmm. So there was this exhibition... When I typed that um, in... Wait, uh, so, so you typed that in and what? in Google... Wait. Mm-hmm. So uh, you type in that last name and then it anticipates. So it's false nays, false nays, Christian, false nays, syntax error, Christian, false nays. Okay. I thought that, that was, was funny. Not that, funny. I no, just thought it was sorry, interesting that, was that a there's humor. a syntax error associated with that uh, name. Syntax error. That wasn't funny. I'm sorry. Okay, so when, so I just happened upon a project space over the weekend that you know we we were trying to go to this other gallery, and this actually used to happen to us occasionally. We went to the gallery. You know, it's listed on Index Berlin that there's an opening there. The gallery is not open, and it's like we like double check, look at it again. It's on the printed material and it's on the website. So we're walking back to another gallery where um, one of the professors from where I'm studying, Weisensee Kunst Hochschule, um, has an exhibition. And we happen on this exhibition and it's just like, we have to go go into this madness. Um, There are these giant photographic prints that are then painted on that are all of these scenes of the last supper with the artists one of the artists as jesus and all of these thai lady boys as the apostles <laughs> and then they're like graffiti on top with questions about um oh, what was i'll try to think of what some of them said and of course all of the um transgendered i don't even know if you want to what you want to say about these you know i don't know if they're like sex workers or what but they're all naked in most of them and it's just like super ostentatious but there's loads of free champagne and really fancy hors d'oeuvres and there's like a dj and i was like i have no idea what's going on here but i'm really glad we're here because this art is terrible and the food is amazing (laughs) oh my god you have to do a regular segment like just reporting about berlin art openings for us (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm looking online What's at that? his work, and there's a picture of him. Uh, it's very European. He's giving a lecture at a table and, like, writing letters and diagrams. And there's a video in the background of him giving a dude a blowjob, but he's wearing a condom. What? Yeah, so this that's is a very the guy European that won. He's working all They're about, like, sexuality. <laughs> so is he the guy that won for this crazy performance? Yeah. So that was um, – oh, that was for – he won the Austria – the Lower Austria Prize for performance, and that's – um. So safe Just because he was blowing somebody? Well, that no, was the was, performance? That's the video in the background, and then he's explaining something on a flip chart. Or, you know when you get those large sheets of – you know when you – maybe it's about corporatism because he's wearing a suit. Uh, corporatism? Is that even – that's a – No, that's not – It's not a thing. That's a thing. Is it, let me ask Andre. He's He knows this. Is that a thing? Corporatism? Corporatism or – Corporatism is an economic practice. Okay, what – what do you call like when something is of like or pertaining? You mean? Yeah, of or pertaining to the aesthetics of uh, corporate life. Anyway, he's got this flip chart. You're, you know, it's like a easel. Notepad. I just like I don't know how people convince people. They're like, listen, I'm gonna blow you, and we're gonna tape it, but it's for art. <laughs> Last time we did it, it wasn't for art. Yeah. That was just like La- a that thing. Was, that was yeah. just like a kinky thing. When this time, that was, that was for you. you it's form. for art, and it's yeah. gonna be. I'm I'm applying to this lower Austria prize thing, yeah. so it's going to be in a museum. Yeah, well, it looks like he was insert joke about lower Austria. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're better at describing funny stuff than I am. I wish you could describe this poop art book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny how you described it. Uh, corporatism who, who, is the economic who, tripartism he, involving negotiations between business, labor, and state interest groups to establish economic policy. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, so that's not the word I meant. Uh, no, Olivia, just the way you're describing, you're like, and then this and this, but there was champagne and hors d'oeuvres and fuck yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so across from these photos, then were like actual photographs from the photo shoot, almost like you know, shining a light on the process of these. And there was, you know, a lot of just sort of impromptu shots of, of the the Thai she-males. But more interestingly, there was like this one shot of the room that was like where the table was, where they set up the scene. And it looked like this, um, like, conference room center in a hotel, and it looked so amazing. And then, like, the way that they had, like, completely edited these photos was so completely different than these. But just to, like, look at this, like, sterile kind of, like, conference room center to think about, like, this is how this whole thing was staged was really interesting. And these were all sort of even in the shadows, these photos. Like, they weren't even, like, illuminated to the point so- where... It was like, oh, this is the art. And it's like, actually, this is the real art over here. (laughs) So that was just like the behind the scenes director's commentary art that they had hanging up? Yeah, or something, which was even more. I mean, it was presented as art, but it was. That is so exploitative because then you know that they had to go get this hotel and they probably are sex workers. And are you saying it's, yeah, it's I mean, exploiting like, the hotel? Like you <laughs> a little of both. Like, stuff like that. So it was like, well, okay. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, presumably they were all sex workers. Um, but 
yeah, it was just so strange. That this like, upset. oh, I know what one of the spray paint things says because I was like really having this like intellectual conflict in my head of like whether it was meant to be the way that it was written or not. So one of them said that, um, um, what did it say? said identity has no agenda and I some something like this and I kept thinking do they mean is it supposed to be a play on the word agenda and then it's like written like the way that like lazy Brits say a on the end like when they say Olivia instead of Olivia or is it like they just didn't know that you're not supposed to put a in front of gender <laughs> like, is it a pun so it's like Spray no, I think like it's. I think it's. No, it's definitely it's, supposed to be a play on words right? because it's like it. It doesn't have an agenda, but it's also about gender. Agenda. So I thought both. that that was, but it didn't quite make sense. So it was like, <laughs> well, they they word, speak like, German and they were writing this in English. I mean, right, that's it, pretty good. Like Germans can say puns in English already. It's like really good. But they don't. They're just like I'm told. This is a pun. <laughs> They don't know. But I'm they not do sure know. The I had a... that made the work was German. Oh, because you think it might be this artist, but you're not sure. I no, no. It's this. I, I, I have to look up who the artist was. I gave the um, the um, flyer for it to the friend of mine that I was with because I was like, I'll never think about this thing ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. And then it's brought up like twice today, and I'm like. Damn, I wish I knew the name of that artist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so I'll have to get back to you on that one, too. Anyway. Oh, Let's see. Yeah. So that's how shows have been going around here. Oh, wait. Maybe I found it. So is um, Germany awesome? <laughs> <laughs> Should of we course. move there? Why? <laughs> is it being overrun by expats, though? That was my impression of Berlin. You know, I'm a, my my experience here now is completely different than, than what it was the first time that I was here, and and, and previously it was really, um, I mean, not that it's not exciting now, but it's lost a little bit of its luster for me, and I am like, I'm sort of in school, but sort of not. I'm in this really weird situation where you know I'm this this day a day fellow, but and that's. For Americans, like the Fulbright and the DAD are like super prestigious, but it seems like the Germans don't care about it at all. So <laughs> I'm like in school with people that are like in their second and third year, and I'm treated like the same as they are. And it's really strange because it's like it's all this sort of leveling out that like. I don't have I don't have any kind of like hierarchy for my level of education, which I've come to realize now, like, like with the way that the art education, at least from what I've experienced, like I would have more than a Ph.D. if I was in Germany because I did, you know, uh, s technically six years of of undergrad because I, I did my senior year of high school and college and then uh, three years of master's plus my post-bac before that, which was, you know, just a summer post-baccalaureate. But And now this will be like my 10th year of, of education. And they go to school for a combined five years of an undergraduate and master's for their diploma. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you might want to send it, a letter to your embassy and see if they can get you Angela Merkel's job. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that didn't make a ton of sense. She's not an artist, Andre. What are you talking about? No, but she's a, she has a PhD. Oh. So wait, so, okay. I, was doing, I don't have a PhD. <laughs> no, she's saying that she could have earned one at this. But they're doing studio PhDs over there now, right? But it's a little bit more, uh, from what I've heard anyway. I mean, I, I, always, I, mean, I, I always thought that in Europe that the PhD for fine art was terminal. I didn't know that there, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I what, don't know like so much about it. Is there like an MD PhD in art? <laughs> Well, I know you keep going because you can be a doctor professor. How doctor professor? Yeah. Like you just keep going. In, uh, Are in your study, classes auf know. Deutsch? Um, actually, they're all, well, they're sort of half and half. And there's a lot of, my school's really international. So there's a lot of um, people from all over that, and the majority of them do speak German, but since there's a number of them that don't, the classes will often be taught in English for us, which is amazing. But it's it's really the whole school situation is so confusing to me because all of the classes are um, they're voluntary, like they can just show up or not show up. I don't even know if they get grades for them. And the same with studio, like, like there's, there's no like mandatory critiques. There's, I mean, it's, there, it's like nothing. It's like you, everybody comes. And so when I first got there, they like didn't set space aside for me and the other day, ah, day fellow. And so the only other people that don't have studios are these second year students. And we're all like sort of fighting for space. <laughs> And then everybody goes and like tries to like claim their space, but then nobody goes to studio. And I mean, I guess every art school is sort of like that where like, I mean, I've always been the type that's like, I'm kind of a studio rat. So I'm there all the time. And every program I've ever been in is like only a handful of these people show up. But it's, it's really, truly bizarre um, how like, I can't figure out how anybody gets anything done. I've got these two different sculptures, sort of, they're sort of crit classes, except for that they're um, showing old. Are you guys there? Yeah, yeah. we're here. Sorry. We're like hanging yeah, we're on your every like, word. I'm just imagining. Sorry. sorry yeah, like my screen went, went out. Oh. Um, <laughs> so they like, you know, they're, they show old work, which I don't know how or when these people get anything done. And but they somehow they're always do. Always making parties. <laughs> and then like, like you know, in graduate school, our crits would go on at max for like four hours, and we'd usually get through at least three people or more. Our my crits for these things, there's three people, and they will go on for six hours. Oh my god! Oh, that's awesome. I'm coming. No. And oh, some jealousy. I'm jer- so turned and on. Uh, no, no, no. They talk about Schopenhauer and stuff. <laughs> no, 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 Eric. I don't think that you would be into these crits because somehow they're not as critical. Like nothing is really coming out of these critiques, oh. which is even more strange because, like, you know, like when we're in school, we're like, "But wait, why are you doing this?" And like, "What about this thing? What about this thing?" It's like, "Oh, so you're interested in this thing?" 
like nothing like really critical is seeming to I don't under I, I don't understand I don't understand so what's then what, going why on why is it so long because it's almost like they just talk about the work for like hours but it's more like they let the artist talk and that can be like somewhere between half an hour and 45 minutes and then questions are asked <laughs> it's never like oh this is what I think you're doing it's like more like, oh, so you have this interest in this. Tell us about that. Hmm. That sounds. Do you have any funny anecdotes from those crits, or are they just excruciating? <laughs> they're pretty excruciating. <laughs> oh man! And, and sometimes they're in German, and then I have no idea what's going on. Um, I bet they're so long because uh, German words are so long. Oh yeah, they're like they're waiting till the end of the crit for the verbs. So like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so the other weird thing is, I mean, I guess I'm there. I'm finding some more object makers, but it seems like in the sculpture program that there's a lot, a lot, a lot of um, work that's performance and. Some relational aesthetics, but more like social like projects. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of this happening. Anything about the refugee it, crisis? What's that? Yeah, there's people doing work about the refugee crisis. Pro or con? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all art students, so they're they're definitely liberal. Um, like the, this this painting is called "Get Out of My Country." <laughs> No, there's actually one girl that's doing some really interesting work with it um, where she's like pouring plaster on newspapers and then peeling the newspaper off and just having these like thin sheets of plaster sort of with this after image that's reversed of these images from the newspaper. Nice. Um, yeah, she's, she's, she's got a really good feel for materials and she's doing some really interesting things i mean there's some other things that people are doing that i i don't really know what it is but yeah so i've, I've noticed that there's a lot more um ex like experimental type art that's not so much object based in this program and i'm wondering if that's european in general or this time period or both because I would, even, I mean, just based on, like, what I see from SAIC students, I think that it's just trendy right now. But you I think? Yeah, yeah. The, the social practice. The so, yeah. Well, yeah. I... Well, looking at, looking at the other yeah. artists you were talking about, the Flonase. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was really not trying to be an asshole, but anyway. Yes, you were. False nays. Come on. That's okay, an easy mistake. It was um, a lot of it looked like it was definitely... I can't. What? Um, I'm still laughing at Colin. Oh, anyway, God. Um, a lot of it, it's like him giving lectures and drawing notes similar to like Yosef Boys's, uh, you know, social sculpture. Yeah, but Yosef lectures. Boys didn't blow anybody. Right. Well, that it's in I a new context. Of. It's a new context. Um, um. But no, but I was saying like, so even. Are you like, sure that nothing happened between him and that coyote? <laughs> they snuggled. <laughs> they snuggled together. Um, I, well, Your okay. Honor, it was just a snuggle. I have, I have a question for Olivia. Sure. Um, you, I mean, you called yourself an object maker. So, 
do you like identifying as a sculptor? Do you mostly make sculpture? I am a sculptor. Okay, yeah, cool. I am a sculptor. I did uh, my undergraduate in sculpture. I was scouted by General Motors out of my undergraduate program to sculpt cars full time, which I did for six years. And then I did my master's in sculpture. Yeah. Nice. Like I have a hard time calling myself an artist. I much would much rather prefer to call myself a sculptor. Well, I love that. We're Even going to call you. We can call you sculptor on all of our uh, press material for this episode. <laughs> press. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When so we do the, really the website. Wait, post what was it stuff. like designing cars? I didn't design them. Okay. I sculpted them. Okay. Well, then what is the differentiation? Because I have, I have no idea how that happens. You work with a team of designers and engineers and other and digital modelers. So I was modeling and I was doing third scale, full size interior and exterior, three axis and four axis milling and some digital modeling. And modeling is really great, but I mean, I'm, I really love sculpting things. Um, working for General Motors, really, really horrendous, especially as a female. So, oh, God. Yeah. But sculpting is really cool. Working for General Motors, not so much. But I think it's most of the automotive industry is like that still. I mean, it's really, it's really, um, um, butch, antiquated, and. Well, yeah, they're still like fossil fuels oriented. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Jurassic. They are behind. Yeah, they're the Jurassic. <laughs> um, really Jurassic. So I think Literally. I found the uh, the the artist or whatever. Was it on Potsdamer Strasse? Yes, it was. So it's Becker Harrison, the Naked Truth. It's at yes. a pop up space. Yes. Ugh. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Okay. Now so. read us some of the 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 things that the read graffiti. the press material. Yeah, read us that. <laughs> Naked Truth is an unconventional restaging of Leonardo da Vinci's famous quote, The Last Supper. Over several visits to Bangkok, Becker Harrison, that's the art team, uh, casted Thai ladyboy prostitutes in the roles of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth and his apostles. The result is a delicate play between the reinterpretation of an iconic masterpiece. That does not sound delicate, literally, (laughs) at all. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Because it's described as delicate, it is. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's one of my... (laughs) I hate the press releases and artist statements where they, like, tell you what the art is doing. They're like, oh, it it forces us to ask this question. No, you would like it to lead us us. to... We're like, but only the viewers decide that. Uh, So anyway... And uh, I decide no. (laughs) Uh, wait, so it's iconical, iconic masterpiece in the personal play on the present day gender discourse. Carolyn Becker makes wry reference to the traditional use of prostitutes as models in the history of Western Christian art. Together with Simon Harrison, she also creates a platform for a socially marginalized group that she encountered as being warm hearted and influenced by Buddhism. The exhibition Naked Truth presents eight large format works that interact uniquely with the raw surroundings of the exhibition space. Uh, so subtitle, it's, it's like a, it's in a garage. <laughs> you can't see, but I'm like, my mouth is open, right? Like, 
Like, I can't believe that they would say that they're like supporting those. It's just so, it's just like so exploitative. So, actually, I do see the one that says truth has no agenda. <laughs> and it <laughs> is like there's a space between A and gender. So, that's what I'm saying. It, it really is like, wait, what are you trying to say? Because <laughs> it says, the first line says truth has no, and then below it, it says A and then space gender. So mm. wait, Nina, uh, uh, what is it exactly about the way that this thing is constructed that seems to be exploitative? I imagine it's possibly exploitative. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess it's a combination of like it seems to be stripping these trans people of agency because they're like. They're not, they're being forced to act in this particular way because they're being paid to, because they're for hire, but they're not, they're not um, performing gender or, or playing with gender in a way that's personally expressive to them. They're be, they're being so they're pawns being, in this artist. So they're being exploited right. because they're being, they're employees. Well, well, you would say such a thing, but <laughs> well, it is but it, it's, also, it's like no, that piece then, that Marina Bramovich did at, in Los Angeles that uh, Yvonne Reiner had such a problem with and wrote that letter about where she had dancers uh, underneath the tables naked at a fundraiser. Yeah, and the, they were only paid like a hundred dollars each. That's yeah, yeah, that's horrible. To, to, and to so the, but then the thing that's the exploitive is that simply that they are being forced into a, a position and they're not giving nearly enough compensation. No, but it's because they're being there. She's saying that or who's well, the artist? I don't even know. I was like the artist team. Well, I, I well, I just think it's wait, like yeah. they they're saying that this is an exploration in the ways gender is performed. But it, they are telling these people what to do. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's and exploitive then, because they're not. Well, I think it also is just like completely disregarding. They're like white European people coming yeah. in. And part of the reason why the Thai sex trade is so prevalent is because of sex tourism from right. white people. So they're selling it as a kind of devised theater piece where these people are working together to create something that's an expression of their common experience of this complicated issue. But really it's a bunch of rich white people going to a bunch of brown people and giving them a tiny amount of money in, in order to manipulate them in a way that strips them of their humanity. Yeah. 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 No, that's she's, pretty much, she's yeah. well, the artists, <laughs> the team, uh, they're saying, let me explain your problem to you. Or, yeah. you know, let me explain your gender problem also to you. Also then like, you know, they have like, uh, okay, the, the reason I'm like so shocked by this is because the things that they said in that press release are pretty interesting ideas that I would like to see a work of art that shows some of the interplays of those things. But like, especially um, talking about what the community of trans uh, sex workers is like in their adherence to Buddhism or how that affects their lives mm -hmm. is not at all shown by them recreating a Christian painting. Right. And the idea of having prostitutes um, as models for, for painting, like that is actually pretty interesting, but then you can just mm -hmm. go see that show at the Musée d'Orsay that was about prostitution in modeling. And it would make much more sense to do like an 18th century painting and not, mm -hmm. not like, yeah. Simply supper. hiring prostitutes to come and be your models is not in, a commentary in, on <laughs> prostitution as modeling. Yes, thank you. 
Are you still there? <laughs> I am. My I'm, tirade I'm, is I'm, over. <laughs> I'm just, I'm very interested that this has produced so much conversation. And it did even when I was at the gallery, because what this exhibition really felt like was, you know, I don't know about this guy from the art prize being involved in this. I don't know if he's like curating. I don't know what the deal is, but um, it really felt almost like one of those exhibitions where they're, um, they're a vanity gallery where the artist is paying to be in the space. And the artist was like taking a gamble whether or not that to serve all of this food and booze and all of these things would pay off for people buying the work that were invited. Mm. And so, I mean, it wasn't even something that was like, if this was in a commercial gallery, I don't think that I would have given it even as much consideration as I have, but just because it's in this weird space with this, you know, because there was so much money behind it in a way. Mm -hmm. Eric has always told me that he thinks that the quality slash amount of food is directly proportional to the quality of inversely proportional, excuse me, (laughs) to the quality of the art. So the more food and stuff they have, uh, the worse the art will be and the more drunk you get because they're not serving any food, the better the art will be. Yeah. I call it being art drunk, where you come straight from work to the galleries and then they don't have any food and then you just get drunk accidentally. Art a- drunk. Wait, so. And then you almost touch all the art and bump into stuff. Food in the booze, or is it like. Yeah, so there's if two there's separate like things. No, food my... and booze, then it can be good art. But if it's just no. booze, but loads of it. No. No, no, those no, are no, unrelated. no, no. No, the more booze and less food, the better the art. That's not my uh, theory. Okay. That's your theory because you got drunk at an opening once. <laughs> I try like once. 10 times. Uh, <laughs> I can't no, not get my... drunk at an opening because there's never any food. Right. Well, my... I mean, I think this just depends city to city. Like where – because like in um, some cities, they, they're never serving food at openings unless it's like some weird posh like um, experimental space or something like this. And most cities are just having booze. But then some cities, they do really focus on the food. It's weird. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I'm just my, – my theory my, it has been in my experience in the different cities I've been to that, yeah, the, the wider selection of alcohol and the more food there is uh, is inversely proportionate to how good the art is. So, like mm. – a good opening, they might not they might not even make the alcohol apparently available and only like the cool people get it. Um but when you go to like another gallery that's yeah, like tacky art or something, then they'll have like a pile of cheese and a chocolate fountain. <laughs> <laughs> and like strawberries champagne. and like that, something to keep the people there. Yeah, the and like the very top is like, God, now I want to do this for an opening. Like have all that and then like a like a chamber orchestra playing like <laughs> classical music, you know? And what would this the art be? A, it would just be that. You would just DJs throw an opening. And it was like Oh yeah, DJs. Wait, wait, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. What's the best food you ever had at an art opening? I was at an uh, artist Halloween party once, and that's when I discovered how much I love almonds. What? Is that close? What? So they just had almonds, and that no, was the they best had, thing. They had, a, they had a ton of finger food, and I was just like, man, I love these. What are these? Almonds. Wow. <laughs> these are great. This opening had some pretty good food, but I have to say that I'm a gallery preparator in Austin, and one of the galleries that I work for is um, 
the center for the John L. Warfield Center for African and African American Art. And the there's so much money in this um, institution that they have the most awesome food every time, <laughs> like and way more food than is ever necessary. And Austin's pretty much like a food town. So they right. get it catered from like oh. either Whole Foods or this great place called um, Food Heads. And I mean, it's like sometimes like salmon and like all kinds of amazing food. And I'm always so happy. <laughs> that, I really, that's, a good, that's a good example of good art opening food. I like, yeah. I really like past hors d'oeuvres, like little like mushroom puffs and stuff, but I don't like salmon tartare. So I hate when they, or fish, like any kind of fish thing. Well, this was all not, not, not a surprise, all Thai food. Oh, that was, oh that was, no. You know, like they should have had a, like um, any curry worst. No, like, like they didn't have Thai like soup, fried chicken. There was oh, a panna cotta should... with mango chili, oh, God, um, jelly on top. Good. Oh. There was, no, Two but they should have had like pita and, and hummus because it's like the last supper, you know. Oh. Actually, it was Passover, right. so they should have just had plain matzah with nothing on it and then red wine <laughs> and everyone would have to take communion and or something. a big bag of dicks. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know how uh, Louis C.K. is like, he kind of Yeah, but what does that, that like, have to do with the, with like the last when you're supper? Putting some, no, because of the show and what it's about and you're like oh. saying... Like as a put eat down, a like dick. eat a bag, eat a big bag of dicks. Mm-hmm. Or like he could have had like Leonardo da Vinci themed food, like spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be the only thing worse slash better than having the Thai food. <laughs> we got a pizza and spaghetti, Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> we ordered it from a Domino's. <laughs> Do they have Domino's in Berlin? I don't think they do. No, but they do have it in England, and their sausage pizza is awesome because it's like a sausage cut up into like pepperoni, but it's sausage. They have they they have um, Pizza Hut here though. Oh, yeah, they do. they do have. I've eaten in a German Pizza Hut. Whoa. They could have gotten yeah, Mappiano to cater well, I mean, it. It's like part of the KFC conglomerate, right? Oh, and they man. love KFC. A combination here. Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. <laughs> I do. I I I guess I'm new wave shitty American because I loved going to the Starbucks by Checkpoint Charlie, but I'd never go to the McDonald's. But I felt like I should have in Berlin that that's like the most American thing is to go to Checkpoint Charlie and get McDonald's. <laughs> USA. What was it called to? It was like called it, Check Checkpoint. It was called it was something about the Mc- was, I have a picture of it somewhere. It, it was it's originally like McDonald's on Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah, but it was oh, before that a, though. Oh, it, Snack Point Charlie. Then yes! <laughs> <laughs> that would be oh, that goes God. with my pun business fascination. <laughs> oh, what was the other one? The fish store? The fishmonger, remember? Olivia, the, it was like not another fish story or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another fish tale. Yes. And it was just yeah. like. And then that was by the, the travel bureau called Titanic Riza. 
Oh yeah, yeah, which is like, yeah. Those uh, are a chain, I think. Yeah, but I'm just like they, they have. But do you know what? They have nothing on cone. I mean, really, the if you like if you like punny <laughs> restaurant names, <laughs> which we do, Cologne is the place for you. All right, let's hear some. They have, um, let's see what what were some of them. Um. Gosh, I can't remember really any of them now. I think I took some photos of some of them. Um, but they're puns but, in English, right? Yeah, they're all in English. There was you, Germans have a better grasp on the English language than we do. Well, I just, I, I assume that, I mean, Titanic is the most famous sunken ship, right? Like, I assume that's made that to Germany. So it would just seem odd that you would name your travel, your, like, cruise vacation travel bureau chain like not titanic like i'm gonna click on some things so so just ignore the little mousey sound for a second i'm just gonna look through my photos for one second oh yeah um my mom came up with a great pet store name the other day for pet lovers what what's the name the name was petophiles (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was wondering if there were any. uh, So we we got into a lot of misadventures when we were living in Berlin and hanging out. Um, And I remember there was one I I didn't go to because I don't like trespassing and stuff. Um, but you were doing you were hanging out with the French urban spelunker. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't even I think that that I even was like, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't really like um, doing things that could potentially. Oh, are you talking about the ice cream factory? Yeah, the ice factory. Oh, OK, because the there was dude. another place that he wanted oh. to go that I was like, you know, this looks like I could potentially get hurt yeah. and or arrested. And no, thank you on both both of those. <laughs> but the one you did um, go to was pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty the, cool. The, no, the story was funny, though, if you want to tell it. I mean, I don't remember so much about it except for, like, having to sort of, um, you know, be aware of human excrement in the stairwells. <laughs> and <laughs> Well, you were saying, okay, so the way I remember the story, so we met these French dudes that, like, made some sort of, like, bang box or whatever, some technological drum kit thing that you slap or something do you remember this i don't remember that at all it was like this young professional meetup and in a bar and there are these two french guys that were there and it was like some sort of like usb beatbox or something and uh it was like a black cube with like a electric blue light on the bottom and it like was like a internet hub and like you touched it and it made drum noises or something I don't know. It was something weird and techy. They're like, oh, we're here to launch it. And then the one guy was like uh, the kind of tech guy behind it, not the the marketing business mind. And that was the urban spelunker guy. And he was like, oh, we're going to the ice factory. And it was the the one. That, ice, ice. Yeah. Was it ice? Ice. ice, cream? ice. Yeah, it was ice factory. Yeah, it was yeah. ice. And then, and so that was part of the confusion. So wait, it, wait, was, was like, it ice or ice cream? Ice. It's I ice. It's. It, I think it was ice. It's on the spray, and I think the building is still there. I don't think they've torn it down yet. And it was like turn of the century where they were making ice, probably for refri- uh, for 
refrigerators. Yeah. yeah so even I can just... interject a, a tiny story inside your story to say that my friend from Texas, when we were studying abroad in Austria, was just like really upset that she couldn't get like a ton of ice in her cokes, and so <laughs> she like went to McDonald's and was like, "I would just like a cup of ice only," and they gave her ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, she couldn't possibly mean this. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, because don't they call them like ice balls? That's like what ice cream is? Ice. It's ice just kugel? It's just called ice. I mean, oh. it, it's in a kugel if you get like. If you get a scoop uh, of it. Oh, yeah. It's oh, okay. the same as saying a scoop of ice cream instead of just like, can I get some ice cream? Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, there was Maybe some confusion as to like, what is this, a factory that builds ice? Like, um so then you went with him and you're saying it was like, it was just a whole disaster. Cause like the whole day I was like, Oh, I'm too much of a pussy to go. And then you're like, Oh my God, guess what happened? <laughs> and you're saying like, you, you were like, he was acting like he had this whole plan, but really he just heard about it. So you were like searching around and then he was like, Oh, maybe we get in through here or maybe over there. And like, he was going to scout and you were supposed to hang out or something. And then, yeah, you said there was a human poop. And then you said he like stepped in it and didn't notice or something. Oh my God. I, Oh, man, I don't remember that. It and could have were, happened, though. Like, I think, no, Eric sometimes it. only hears what he wants to hear. No, like, but I have very good <laughs> I have very good memory, uh-huh. too, though. I do. Um, yeah, and you were saying that, like, he stepped in. He does have in. good memory. No, yes, he that did. was why the story impressed on me so much, because it's stepping in poop. And and the way, the way you unfolded your narrative. So, like, he steps in it, and then you're saying, like, you're like, oh, uh, you stepped in something, and then he was like trying to get it off, and he got it like all over his leg or something, and like didn't <laughs> notice it. And then you're like, and I think it was human. <laughs> like that was the end of the story. And then you're like, that he wants me to go to this me, other. You're like, he wants me to go to this other place, but I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> Wait, so. so is that art, or where did we get started about this story? No, I just wanted to talk about some of our hijinks. Oh, hijinks. So. But it became part of my art because I then later on did this piece where um, I took two Berliner Kindle beer bottles and had them blown out at a hot glass shop. And I had smuggled sand from the spray right oh, in nice. front of the ice factory oh, cool. back with me and put them inside the bottles and then connected them to make an hourglass with sand from the spray. Oh, cool. Which I collected in front of the ice factory. That It all comes so, full circle. It did come full circle. Yes, it did. It did. Yeah. Wow. So, so I, I can't find any of these pictures of, of well, punny restaurant names and well, Bond we, Cologne. You, you just send them to us and we'll tweet them. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah, we'll get them out. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, is there any... And I don't hate this. Anything else you want to add about... Yeah, because you said you're doing like a collaborative, the the DAD project is, there's a collaboration with a class in Poland or something? Uh, I just finished this exhibition in Warsaw um, two weeks ago, and it was a collaboration with Miroslav Balka's class. Um, oh, cool. The um, str- uh, spatial, the Academy for Spatial... Um, strategies, spatial strategies, studies, one of those, you can look it up. And it was at a smaller museum that's a branch of the Warsaw Museum called the Vola Museum, and that's the largest district in um, Warsaw. 
And so it was a class of 12 of us. And we went in November and did research for the project. And it was really super weird, hardcore being there at first because, you know, we asked the museum, like, what was the expectation of us and, like, why we were invited. Because I think Miroslav's class was... Well, the Goethe Institute started working with the Warsaw Museum and they wanted to bring in artists to do a project. And so they got Miroslav Balka's class involved and somehow invited a, a, a German um, contingency for this. And that was us. And, um, but, you know, they said, you know, oh, well, the project is totally open and free. That was in the first 15 minutes and then proceeded for the next two days to take us to you know, the Terror Museum, the the Warsaw Uprising Museum, um, all God. of these walks around Poland where um, the uprising had happened and and it was like a two day history lesson of, of of the war. And it was really almost felt like they were still like living a hundred years ago mm. and um well, you know, yeah, eighty it was years less ago. Less than a hundred yeah. years ago. That's what's so terrifying about it. Uh, not quite a hundred, but 80 years ago. And, um, and it was just like, how in the world are we going to make projects about this thing that we can't possibly do justice with? And it, because we have no real relationship to this. Mm. And of course, you know, none of us are, 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 um, unbiased too. You know, we all have some kind of position on this because, you know, we, we took the German class in the end had no Germans in it. We had three to four, three or four Germans and we had every, everybody else. We had me, the American, we had a Brit and is Israeli, um, a Norwegian an Icelandic person, a, um, French girl. And who else? We had like, At oh, and three, and three Japanese. <laughs> So, so like they invited the Germans, but there were no Germans. And then finally, after a couple of days, they finally sort of gave us the freedom to go and explore the area. And, um, and that's when we all sort of started forming connection with the other Polish students and, and getting a feel for the area. And luckily I was able to come up with something that I was really content with in the end. Um, we, we went around uh, the area and I found these structures and I'll send you guys one of these for the Instagram. And there are these big metal steel sculptures that are not structures that sort of look like sculptures that are standing out in front of every bow plats, the like communist housing era buildings um, in the yard. And I saw these things and I was like, Hey, what the hell are these things? You know, they're like, the saddest piece of play playground equipment I've ever seen. And the Polish people were like, no, you know, they're, they're, they're for the rugs. And I was like, oh, they're for cleaning the carpets. Like you hang the carpets oh. on them and they're called Chepak. And I'm not pronouncing that completely right, but it's, it's T R Z E P A K Chepak. And it literally means beater, which <laughs> is what they're calling these structures. Oh, like, like rug beating. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so I was like really, really curious about these things because they seem to be just everywhere in, in Warsaw. And later on that night, I was with, out with some of the Polish girls and they were younger and kind of small 
Polish girls. So, and I was asking them about these things and they were like, Oh, you know, yeah. You know, they're like, I was like, please tell me more about these Chepak. They're like, well, you know, like when you're younger, you're like playing on them. And I was like, how show me how, and because they were small enough, they started doing like these flips on one of the bars and, <laughs> and it was really amazing. And then they're like, yeah, you know, and then like when you're like getting in your teenage years, maybe you're like hanging out on them, having your first cigarette or maybe your first kiss. And, and, and I was like, wow, these things are really like, uh, um, sort of this meeting point for the, the, the drama of the unfolding adolescence in Poland. And I couldn't get this out of my mind. It was almost like this film strip sort of running through my head. And I came back, I finally had some time to myself. And like one day after being back from Poland, I was like, I know what I want to do. And it wasn't like I was thinking like, oh, I have to do something with these things. I just, in my mind, I was like, I need to make red velvet theater curtains for these things. Oh, nice. So, because um, I knew the show would be in January when it's going to be really like bleak and dark outside. And so I worked with another student there. So he was giving me the measurements and taking images of them so I could kind of have a tour of which Chepak that I wanted to put them on. And then I did filmed them so that they were like basically still images that would have very subtle movements. And then I did a montage of like four of them. So they're in these, but, and it snowed right before we got there. And I just like spent like five hours like out in this like, um, frigid weather like filming these trying to get the right lighting and and normally like I I hire video people if I have ever, ever doing anything like this so it was really um there was a lot of technical problems that happened along the way but it ended up being really nice because like the snow was like this beautiful white and like there was all these footprints around them and it was like these structures were a stage where something had happened but it's just like a framing device for the background now. Check, so, check yeah. it out. Oh, look, you have red, red, red <laughs> curtains here. I can send you a couple. You can put these. <laughs> yeah, our recording on. studio has yeah. similarly dramatic red curtains in it. Yeah, it kind of looks like that room in Twin Peaks that has all the red curtains. So it's called the murder room. <laughs> it's been a while since I um, watched Twin Peaks. I have to tell you the... Um, the soundtrack for that really drove me insane to the point where I couldn't watch it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not. Watching so you it should yet. definitely Maybe use that. And also, there's you know, there's that bar here that's like a uh, reconstruction of the lodge, right? You know, in Neukölln. No, wait. Which... With the chevron pattern floor and. <laughs> oh, is that? Oh, are you okay? Yeah, I have this cough that I haven't been able to shake for like a year. <laughs> oh man! Wait, so the lodge from uh, Twin Peaks? Yes, Twin Peaks. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't, that might have been since I've been there. Uh, it may have been because I think it just opened when I was there the last time, and I think maybe it already left. Mm, yeah. Did you get my message? Yeah, I can see. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's on xberliner.com is a the title of the article is The Bar from Another Place. Bless you. Gesundheit. Gesundheit. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you for sharing all of that. I have so much to think about now. Yeah, and I'll send you my notes from your past shows. Excuse me. The running commentary? Yeah. Yeah. Can you go back and change this? (laughs) What's that? Uh, You're like, the notes are like, can you go back and change this? Yeah, totally. I'm like, wait, that's not right. I have something to say. Like, for each show, I was like, oh, I can interject this. And you like the episode where you guys were like talking about the parents and like shitty things your parents say to you about your work. (laughs) And I was like, "Um, it's not so recent anymore, but uh, I was like telling my dad about, you know, my show at some point. And he was like, so are you ever going to make any money off of this? And I was like, <laughs> probably, probably not. And he was like, so basically you just have a really expensive hobby. Oh, no. Oh, shit. No. I love it. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> Is there a comeback? Uh, yeah, I was like, well, I was like, well, not exactly. I don't, I don't know what I said, but I was like, yeah, basically. You're like, I went <laughs> I to school know. three times for this hobby. <laughs> Oh, man. it's it's amazing and i mean i know he didn't mean it like that but it right. was really like i for i think for months afterwards i was like maybe i do just have a really expensive oh, hobby no. i know that's why the things parents say mean things people people's I mean, words have meaning really made me question everything about my my practice for like yeah. months like like maybe this is just a hobby <laughs> That's what capitalism wants you to think. But if it can't be monetized, it's uh, frivolity. Mm. And on that note. And on this podcast that we can't monetize, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Yes. Well, um, thank you very much. Yeah, I have to yeah. go to bed because I have to go spend uh, eight hours in a crit tomorrow. Oh, uh, oh man. Ugh. 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 open end. So, um, yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, we will post some pictures of Olivia's stuff and other stuff yeah. we talked about on our Instagram at I don't hate this. You can follow us on Twitter at I don't hate this. You can um, visit our website. I don't hate this. I don't hate th dot is. Yeah. Um, I don't hate this. <laughs> we bought a we bought a domain in Iceland. Yes. yes, that's right. Yes. I got it out of the back of a truck that uh, Bjork was driving. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> <From> the ice <laughs> factory. <laughs> and um, you can rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes and wherever you download podcasts. All right. Thank you, Olivia. And email us your okay. stories of how your parents have crushed your dreams at yeah. I don't hate this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't hate this at gmail.com. And they'll send you a rock. Yeah. Yeah. Hey! hey! We have a bona fide listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You didn't, you didn't do your update for um, what's his face, though? Christopher, <laughs> Christopher Williams update? Update. I haven't cared about Christopher Williams for months. Oh, no, wait. We kidding. do have a David Bowie update. Oh, we do? He's dead. Oh. <laughs> Wow, that was dark. Okay, bye. <laughs>